everyone hi hello. hello hi nathan hi welcome once more as we enter into the fray the circle of combat of tabletop role-playing game uh excellence that is reckless attack hooray are we starting with the combat <laughs> um an emotional combat oh, okay I okay i thought we were going for an ice stroll yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's what i was thinking too i'm like wait but there's combat it's <laughs> more it's like a thing? it's a metaphor okay jonathan please okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. uh you, you thought that was the right. fortunate yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly <laughs> tentacles everywhere uh anyway oh, um, no. <laughs> uh, we are <laughs> we are uh we are we're reckless attack like i said before uh we are and, and i am why am what's the order oh god I've been i don't know off. it's all a metaphor it's all a metaphor. Reckless Attack, a Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition actual play podcast. No, fifth edition is a Dungeons and Dragons. No, uh, it is podcast. really easy to mess uh, up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, I 100 have this right. Do not. Yep. No. Yep. That- See, for me, it's just like you know when you look at a word, but the letters are mixed yes, up, but exactly. the beginning and the end word letter are the same. It's just like, yeah, you did it. Great. That's that word. Well, That's you just, that it's, intro. It's that you have to remember, everyone. The key thing to remember is that we are a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast and i am your dungeon master nathan thank you dear listeners once again for joining us around our table we are super excited to get into some exploration here on the podcast but before we explore the world of rixia the foothills of the emerald range let's explore who we're playing with here tonight first of all let's start with hi everyone i'm jonathan and i play checkers the grung druid and his trusty frog pals Mango and Junior. And I, Checkers, am super excited to be outside the walls of Agmar for, for one of the first times that we've yeah. uh, really explored this far out. So really interested to see what the rest of the world has to offer. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Tashkrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. And I, David, am really understanding this episode is an allegory for life. <laughs> David. David gets it. Yep. Inspiration to David. Nice. Triple inspiration. I hey, haven't spent any inspiration. I don't have any. Can we I could have just one? stack it. Yeah, I got I'm gonna stack Note I, it. I've Put finally it. reached the triple stack of inspiration. Well, it's not for cast though, it's for David. Oh <laughs> sick. <true>. even better. <laughs> Hi everyone. My name is Steve and I am playing Selv Asterlin, the dragonborn monk, who against what everybody has told him throughout the city of don't be outside at night. Mm-hmm. Don't go outside. Yeah. It's very dangerous. <laughs> no. We have decided to go outside and be out for several days. For quite some time. We- weeks even, I believe. So I guess Steve is excited about that. Selv is constantly <laughs> looking around to make sure we all don't die. Which is correct. I mean, and hey, you have the highest passive perception, I think. So or close to it. And across the table from me. Hi, everybody. I'm Sophie. And I play Valeska Carter, the human astric cleric of the Arcana Domain. And Val is super excited because she has spent a lot of time preparing for this trip. She's very organized. Everyone <laughs> has their uh, homemade, personalized granola bars. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
There's a lot of people's jerky. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cass, you only got so many. And if you no. ate them all now, that's Cass on you. housing granola. <laughs> and, 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 as, one day. and as Checkers has taught us, no plan survives first contact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Val's not super excited about going out into the wilderness. She's a healthy respect for yeah. all of the things that she researched that can kill you mm-hmm. in this area of the world. What, what was that? That's just a mosquito. It's eight feet long. <laughs> Still just a mosquito. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nathan just Those delete are the something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. All the I, Sophie, have world. come up with a really cool idea for a horrible thing that's going to happen oh, in this forest. Oh, no. Great. Done. Sold. <laughs> uh, saying, Jonathan, just yeah. be ready because yeah. I feel like Checkers <laughs> is going to be the one to find it. Perfect. The real question is, can Checkers like eat it? Cause I feel like you I've... don't want to. Okay, I I don't feel like I've gotten to eat anything in a while since those lobsters because it's mostly been Mothman skeletons. Yeah, um, like fire. Spooky, yeah, fire smoke, smoke creatures. creatures. Yeah. Like none of that is particularly appetizing. So I'm really looking forward to sampling mm. what horrible creature you've created. <laughs> I will put a yes with an asterisk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. good. Thank you. Thank you. Were you gonna say something? Oh, I was gonna say that all the creatures in Rixia are very long. Yeah, uh, we have eight foot long mosquitoes. We have eleven foot long uh, lobsters. We have unknown long snakes. Yeah, uh, spooky lightning sky, flesh creatures. Giant yeah. sky whales. Yeah. yeah, I like that the qualifier was long. Yeah, where they're just stretched out like yeah. a bad like Photoshop. Yeah, where it's just the squat square dwarf but children. When, when do we get the wide creatures? You know, <laughs> I mean, you got to go to the other continent for that. Unfortunately, yeah. it's very divided. Why are we talking about all this nature and all this travel and all these different ways that our beautiful adventurers are going to almost certainly meet their doom? Because we got a travel episode, baby! Hey. Uh, our stalwart adventurers feel medium confident that they have solved a pseudo-riddle of the location of Lorana Moonglove, who might be able to help them reforge some bands for the bones, the undead centurions guarding the Red City of Agmar. It's a little unclear as to where exactly you're going. You kind of get like a general this way first vibe going over to the south southwest of the city into the wilderness of Rixia. It'll be about eight days to get to your destination. Your first destination, of course, being the large tree city that's labeled on the map tree town tree residence tree community um it is just a large tree with uh, like some sort of residences on top and you feel pretty good about your ability to get there in time assuming there are no derailings yeah Mm -hmm. the uh giant map in the map room had some purple text hovering over the tree city that just said let's find a reason to go and so we have found a reason yes (laughs) You guys, uh, pretty much as soon as you found out this information from Garnak the Minotaur, you gathered a few supplies from there, made a couple of quick stops, and spoke to the Fortunate, your contact at the Bones, who pretty much dropped everything that they were doing, Mm. uh, including kind of the stone who they were carrying, (laughs) uh, to come with you guys. And I think we are going to pick up as you guys have already been traveling together for a few hours. Your first few miles on the road have been relatively uneventful. The only thing that really stood out to you guys was the old Agmar quarry 
where there had been a lot of mining going on, but what with the whole collapse of civilization, no one's really made their way a couple hours outside of the city regularly uh, to ensure safe operations, shall we say. Checkers would 100% try to be like, uh, guys, I want to go see it. It's cool. Uh, and even if he had to like stay behind for just a little bit, he would just uh, try to just sneak away and take a peek inside. Val will start listing off all of the things she knows top of mind that would live in an abandoned mind and would kill them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Bulettes being the top yeah. one. Yeah. Very high up. Do there. you all remember our first adventure of the first campaign? That's, yes. We almost yes. died. That is, uh, accurate. <laughs> Kashkin is also very interested in rocks as a person. As a, and, as a rock. Yeah, and would, would want to go. I do have a question, though. Yes. Is the quarry a series of mine shafts, or is it like a large oh. pit that's been dug out? I'm almost imagining it's just like a huge pit that's been like magically excavated and has now, over the centuries, filled with water to become a lake. Ooh, that's mm. very fun. So, what it, so it is a, a combination of those things. So first, it is a kind of large pit. But anyone who would have gone close, <clears throat> checkers, um, <laughs> would see that there are actually mine tunnels. You guys would know that this is actually one of the few sites kind of south of the mountains themselves that at least at one point actually had emeralds in it. Hence the name, the Emerald Range. As you look down, it mostly looks like it is just your baseline, whatever appropriate stone would be here. <laughs> but... It has clearly not been tended to for quite a while. And there are now definitely pools starting to form even against kind of the the blocked irrigation, we'll say. Like there were tunnels for water to drain out, but over the years have been slowly kind of blocked and now are starting to fill in a little bit. Cool. Checkers, can you roll me a perception check? Absolutely. Like six. <laughs> <laughs> Checkers is really just, like, vibrating with energy today. Yep. Like, we're going outside. There's a cool quarry with, like, old emeralds maybe still inside. He's not really able to focus on any one particular thing. He's just ready to go. As you're kind of hopping around, the fortunate is also kind of standing along the edge of the deep pit that is there and just calls down, watch for any ripples in the water. Don't want to get caught by whatever's down there. And you kind of like look back as <laughs> as they say this, and then you look, and you j- you clearly have just missed oh. some creature or some, some creature being the catch-all term, mm-hmm. where because there is indeed a ripple across the water where something has clearly poked up and poked back down. You see, Checkers just start to like reach for one of the stones in his hat and just kind of look around at everyone. Eh? No. <laughs> eh? Val immediately says no. <laughs> Checkers, we have a timeline. Ah, fine. All right, you know I where it is it. now. Yeah, I'll be back. Uh, <laughs> Val has packed cartographer tools. Ooh, excellent. To better make a better map. <laughs> <laughs> better capture your, yeah. your journey here and what, what exists. Yeah. And again, as you guys know, the map that you guys have is probably one of the more reliable ones on Rixia in Mm -hmm. that it's been made relatively recently, certainly post-Ultra Giants, and has been filled in by adventurers and whatever information either they gleaned through adventuring or gleaned through rumors or what have you. That being said, things are still very 
murky in some parts of Phrixia. Some parts where people say, why would you go there? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, like, I I am very passionate about cartography, but not passionate enough that I will lose my life to (laughs) see if this mountain is still there. And so you guys would know, having just existed on this planet in the post-Ultra Giant era, that what you're doing, Val, is very valuable because the maps that exist are not perfect. Mm -hmm. I have a a question, actually. Mm -hmm. What time of day or night is it? Yeah, so you guys left at least early afternoon, pretty early in the day. Okay. And this would have been really just a couple hours tops outside of the city. Okay, so it's like sunset-ish as we're... Probably not even at this point. I would say it's like three, three or four. It is within like two hours probably of you guys leaving. You just haven't gone this direction before. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, and Val's noting it down as... Cast and checkers are taking a small break. She's pulled out a notebook and making sure the path they've taken from Agmar to the quarry is detailed. It was written down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get, again, you guys would know that this was was once a big part of Agmar, but is unused mm-hmm. in the current in the current world. And as we we're taking a break, Kaskrin sees that you have cartographer tools out, Fleska, and he would ask you, mm-hmm. "Do they teach you cartography in the illustrious Atheum?" Because he, he likes maps. He just doesn't know how to draw them himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know the basics everyone goes through. I guess the best way to phrase it is kind of like a field school ah. where we get all the basics to survive if we find ourselves lost. But it's not like I you know, am an expert cartographer. My plan is to do my best and then take it to somebody back in Agmar to have them make like a nice map of it. I'm just trying to give them as you know much information as I know they would need to really like make a large uh, detailed map with it. You know, I'm happy to teach you if you want to learn. Yeah, if we have time actually, I think that might be a valuable skill. Yeah. I don't actually know if Val has like the skill to use it. I just are put you, it in my inventory. That you are that you are <laughs> trained in it. Yeah, either way. I would also like to remind you all that the first time you guys went out into the wilderness, it was pretty forested. Heavily forested, in fact. But this area is much more grassy and plainsy. There is still many trees, and it is still quite overgrown, but it is a very different feeling. Whereas in the forest even at daytime, you guys were pretty sheltered. You were pretty hewn in, whether that was protective feeling or whether that was claustrophobic is up to you. But out here, you can't see what's at your feet and you are very exposed from above. What color is the grass? Uh, out here, so this is, I think we established that it is kind of like late summer. Um, so most of it is some degree, imagine just like kind of like a prairie, like tall grass prairie like kind of kind of feeling. Greens and browns, exactly. tans. Exactly. Val has changed to a tan shirt. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> nice. smart. With smart her leather thing. armor. So we have the benefit of being able to see farther out, but everything also has the benefit of seeing us. Very much so. Yes. Under this blazing sun. Yes. And then there's also tall grass. Yeah, well, then you got to watch for the, the whole Jurassic Park raptor things in the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm very tempted to 10-foot pole this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
but that like that's why I mention it. We only have like, eight days, Valeska. There could be the fortunate. The fortunate can just be walking with their spear pointed forward. Do you suggest that? I ask the fortunate, what is the safest way to travel through this tall grass? The fortunate, you know, kind of turns to you and just says, "Keep your wits about you. Look up. Look down." Try to watch where you're stepping. Um, I don't know. I just kind of travel. What normally hunts out here? Oh, out here? It's almost an easier question of what things don't. One of the ones that I personally re- just hate. The giant snakes. Hmm. Those are such... No matter how many of us are together... Doesn't seem like they ever care. And one of the few things nasty enough to just come and try to attack us anyway. Just for kind of being around it. You know, armor is great. It is less great when it is being crushed around you. It's just not fun. Yeah, you know? that would be a bummer. When you say um, giant snake. Huh? Yeah. And then uh, Selv will kind of hold his arms out, maybe... And make like C shapes yeah, yeah. with his with it's his kind hands, of an imaginary circle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he'll kind of hold them maybe eight inches apart and say, "This big around." The for- and then he'll kind of move it to like you know like maybe a foot and a half apart. This big around. The fortunate just like comes up to you and grabs your wrists, you know, gently, but like grabs your hands and then just kind of pulls it out to more like in the three to four foot in diameter range. <laughs> um. Checkers is like smiling as Sel's hands are increasing, and Casper's <laughs> like, just like oh. looking more despondent. <laughs> and I've heard, I've heard stories of the large mythical birds of prey down south. We don't really get those this far north. They're more just also large birds of prey, but not like giant, just very big. Um, ooh, boy, the way we're going. We might be going to the thicket. What's the thicket? Well, it's like it's like where we are now, right? Grass, a couple trees every once in a while, but like more so. We don't go out that far, hmm. um, but we, we remember we've have before, and we don't anymore. Apparently, there was an incident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't like to talk about that, but yeah, it's uh, well, we'll we'll um. We'll get to it when we get to it. Does that answer your question, Val? In a terrifying manner, yes. Great. Okay. I'm assuming that we're still moving while we're talking. Oh, yeah. The Selv will, will kind of begin to look around, keep an eye out, up, down, left side, and then down, up, right side, <laughs> and just kind of repeat to himself, staying alive, staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Mm, um, mm, mm. <laughs> Staying alive. The other, the your first day is <laughs> relatively chill. Relatively chill, except for this earworm that's just been <laughs> stuck all the time. The fortunate just deck self, forty-seven <laughs> points of damage, one punch. It's very impressive. And actually, that does actually bring up an interesting point. I don't think you guys have ever seen a member of the Bones actually fight, if I recall correctly. I don't think we have. I have. Yeah, yeah, the one that tried to grab me. It was great. Well, yes. That was was an untethered. untethered. Ah, fine. 
And as of right now, you are still walking with the Fortune, who is walking in their kind of usual nonchalant kind of way. But it may it may strike you at some point during the day, especially as you're hearing all of the horrors that await you and the kind of just like, ah, yeah, well, yeah, the giant snakes are a pain in the ass kind of attitude that you still have not seen what a member of the Bones, a member of the Lasting Legion of the Pentarchy can do in combat. So a quick question then about that, kind of as we're walking, does the Fortunate seem to walk more like a predator or more like something that is heavily armored and wouldn't get hurt? Like, like I guess a turtle is a bad example, but yeah. it's also, you know, it's a great question. It's just, you know, they just kind of walk knowing that they are protected or does the fortunate walk more like they could possibly begin like catch sight of prey and begin hunting something at any moment. That's an interesting question. And it's kind of both the fortunate. And you guys know this from having gone with them previously. Yeah, Cause we, we know they move fast. Yes. And move pretty effortlessly and can keep moving indefinitely. And the fortunate, and you especially, Selv, I'm imagining with your kind of high insight and your just ability to kind of read people, you get the impression that it is a little bit predator, but it's like, I'm not worried. I'm being aware of my surroundings, but I feel comfortable here. I imagine that the fortunate is walking, like, their patrol is very effortless. Yes. But... Always with that energy that at like a moment's notice, they could run yes. off and go attack something. Absolutely. Like they're like just like always primed. They make it look so easy. Yeah, great, great way to put it. The only thing that you guys notice otherwise on your first day is way off in the distance, you see a large herd of some quadruped creature. It's hard to say from this distance exactly what they look like. I'm kind of imagining... It is more of like a reddish, orange, brown, like buffalo herd, way off in the distance. It is not buffaloes, but that's kind of the impression where there are... Like furry, like buffaloes? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and clearly also, it's hard to say because there are scores of them, all kind of whirring, almost like a flock of something. And you would know, again, it's... Oh, it would be like an hour plus away from you, Mm -hmm. but just because of how open it relatively open it is that you can see miles away. I'm going to keep an eye on them specifically for if they all of a sudden bolt in a direction, right? As if something is, you know, coming up behind them or to the side of them hunting Mm -hmm. them. Checker just kind of like looks at his leather cloak for a second and just goes, Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) As night falls, The fortunate just kind of very suddenly stops and puts down what little supplies they have. Again, probably it's really just like some rope, you know, kind of more adventuring gear as opposed to rations or anything. But just kind of stops and just plunks it down on the ground and turns to you guys and says, This seems like as good a spot as any. Let's bunk down for the night. And Cashman looks around and is like, there's no cover. There's yeah. no, there's like <laughs> no protection think, to the elements. I just think mm-hmm. they picked like the bumpiest ground ever. And like, yeah, this looks fine. I'll yeah. just, just sit here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not comfortable, but it is, you know, it is what, for whatever reason, the fortunate's like, yeah, this is fine. And we're like trying to figure out like, why is this fine? <laughs> yeah. Val will start bending tall grass to make herself like a little cot. As you do that, the fortunate kind of picks up on that and just starts stomping on grass 
just like making a increasing circle of, of Val's is like a very intricate, like almost basket weave to make a comfortable mat and the fortune is still like stomping around. Yeah. Kaskrin is going to cast Mold Earth, and it looks like he reaches down and like almost pushes like a big yeah. thing of like 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 he would push sand away. He pushes that with the earth, and like the tall grass just kind of moves until there's maybe like a three foot tall wall around some parts of the camp just to provide some protection. Cool. You guys light a fire. The fortunate would say, "Yeah, go ahead." Things out here that are hunting right now. They'd be able to see us anyway, so. <laughs> For some reason, this trek out with a fortunate is way worse, because the first time, we were just like, we're going through the forest, it's going to be fine, and then we followed them. This time, they're describing all these horrible yeah. monsters <laughs> that could possibly be out here as we're utterly unprotected. Yeah. And so, yeah. Kaskrin has already eaten through all of his emotional support canola. <laughs> Which was an extra side pack in yeah. addition to the daily rations. Yep. To build on that... This is your guys' first night out here. And I feel like the image of people around a campfire bedding down for the night, kind of a degree of cover both with Kaskrin's half wall and just kind of with the high grass around you. It could be a very a nice feeling almost. You know, it could be kind of like, ah, you know, we're out into the open this thing and and there could be part of that inside of you but at no point do you ever feel fully comfortable and part of it is because as a reminder it just is not fun to exist (laughs) next to the fortunate that's right that's right (laughs) spooky vibes spooky vibes but also the fortunate has been regaling you with some amount of horror stories (laughs) again spooky vibes spooky vibes and you know none of it is untrue. Like, mm. there are no tall tales with the fortunate. In fact, you almost wish they were taller so you could pretend that they were not real. Mm-hmm. You have no problem going to sleep. You get your full night of rest. But it is, I wanted to emphasize that this is not a comfortable fireside place. This is a small flicker, tiny, tiny bit of safety and civilization amongst what you know is danger and the unknown. We talked about it a little bit already. Now that you have been traveling, you are officially, you have taken your first step and you are out here, you are making your camp for the first time. You've seen things, you've heard things. How is everyone feeling about the journey ahead, about where they are, about... What lay is at the end of this? The question marks you guys still have. Val is excited to be learning a lot and exploring because exploring is just learning by doing. And also really wishes she could snuggle uh, in her bed in her giant Skywell plushie <laughs> with mm-hmm. Cole Brico mm-hmm. and be safe and sound. Yep. I think Checkers is trying to relax the best he can so he's kind of leaned back in the camp resting on some tall grass he's looking up and he's watching the stars basically Egmar, mm-hmm. i would say probably has maybe a few i'm trying to decide does Egmar have light pollution <laughs> oh, it would, i mean it would yeah. it has way more light pollution yeah. than yeah. here 
I mean, there are street lights, as you know. There is enough that you, especially checkers, yeah. would know that like there is so so much more beauty. Yeah, away from the city than there is in it. Right. And Checkers has spent most of his short life actually outside of cities. Yeah. So this is kind of a return to how he used to live and just kind of a reminder about how, in some ways, nice it is to be out here in the middle of nowhere, in among nature, basically. Yeah. So he's relaxing, and then Mango is actually just cuddled up next to Kaskrin. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, Checkers is, you know, maybe a little bit... In a way, he's, like, reminiscing about the past. Yeah. I'm curious, when you guys, you were a pretty migratory group where you came from, right? If I'm remembering correctly? Not particularly. Mm-hmm. So the clan that Checkers comes from, they live in a specific part of the world, and they've only become more insular over time. So yeah. after a while, they kind of stopped moving. But Checkers has spent most of his life outside of that clan, yeah. moving around, going to different places. So this is kind of how he used to, to operate. And doing it by yourself, mostly, right? right? I mean, right. other than with Mango. Right, right. The frog stack has been around for a while, but yeah, otherwise not not with a group of people that he uh, cares for and trusts in a way. Yeah, it's a very, very different dynamic. It very is. cool. Yeah. Kaskrin already misses the red walls of Agmar. <laughs> It's not like this is his first time outside mm-hmm. of a city's protection, but it's not exactly ever comfortable. Yeah. Especially with the aura that the fortunate gives off, the tales <laughs> that they've been telling. Kaskrin just wishes that we had twice, three times as many people coming out here as we do. Yeah. But it's just us. And just to make sure that I remember and to just tell the, the listeners, Kaskrin is by far the oldest member of the Golden Tree Guild, as I recall. And if I remember correctly, you were alive during at least part of the Ultra Giant stuff. Some of you were, but I think Kaskrin definitely would have been. And were you alive before the Ultra Giants? Like, did you have a concept of what life was before that? Yeah, Kaskrin was a very young dwarf before the Ultra Giants attacked. Now he's probably around like 50, 55 in, in human years. So mm-hmm. he's he's getting up there. He's an old man. But he knew pre-Ultra Giant civilization. And then most analogous to this, he knew the time right after the Ultra Giants had attacked and civilization began to crumble mm-hmm. and patrols on the outsides of cities were a very regular and needed thing to try to get resources. So this is is very similar to that time where it's still not exactly unknown, but it is very dangerous outside the walls. And so having to go out there again doesn't inspire a whole ton of confidence. Yeah. And like you said, with you'd like a lot more people. And while there are no ultra giants roaming around, the non-ultra giant (laughs) threats are more numerous than at any point in living memory. Not of any point in history, but in decades and decades. Selv realizes that everybody needs a little bit of a distraction, <laughs> but also realizes that it can't be a full-on distraction that would then prevent, <laughs> yeah. you know, lead to us getting ambushed. Um, I'm going to take out the flute and just kind of begin playing a little bit somewhat softly. Then if it uh, if that seems to be working, like if everybody seems to be on the outside appear a little bit calmer, 
uh, then I'll, I'll keep doing that. If not, then we will move on to stage two, <laughs> which is in the fire. I will, uh, I'll cast control flame and I'll just basically have maybe some figures oh. dancing while I play <laughs> cool. the flute. And then every so often they'll like, you know, they'll stop and they'll point around and then self will just kind of like look where they're pointing. Just make sure there's nothing out there. <laughs> and then again, go back to the, go back to the flute. I imagine as the night is wearing on, Cell's flute is kind of the low noise that is piercing the darkness as the, the sun begins to set. And, like, I imagine for Kaskrin, it's hard for him to fall asleep out here because it's just, it's yeah. dirt and uh, <laughs> bedroll. Yeah, there's no satin sheets here. Yeah, and Cell's music is, like, the one thing that really helps him focus and calm down and, and finally get to sleep. Suppose we should have set watch before he passed out. <laughs> we'll wake him up last. Uh, Val does like relax a little bit, but she's writing up her notes from the day and finalizing more of the the map she she made. Probably asking the fortunate some questions about like, do you remember what we saw? Or yeah, just like helping her yeah. write a detailed report yeah, basically absolutely. of the day. Um. Yeah, I guess so. We do need to figure out who's on watch. I could go first. Well, uh, if I remember correctly, the fortunate does not. The fortunate sleep. can be on watch. Right. I just right, imagine so we would like also in, we would just be hanging out with the fortunate. Yeah, yeah like, it would be. It would be essentially be in pairs, and then yeah, we would, yeah. It'd be the fortunate and one of us. Right. I'm imagining you guys are kind of Kaskrin's already asleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you guys are first. are kind of settling in, and Selv is putting on a little show basically and the fortunate is kind of there and you start to talking about about the watch who's going to do what when and and settling in i'm not going to make you roll for the watch for tonight or anything but piercing this idyllic scene and these idyllic songs and the comfort far far in the distance you hear an inhuman yowl. And then you hear a few more join it. And that will end day one. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyir. Can the gang find Tyir, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger.
Hello everyone, GM Nathan here, and welcome once more to the mid-roll. This is where I remind you to follow us on all the social medias, particularly on Twitter at Reckless underscore Attack, where we are posting a variety of frogs and memes, and frog memes, and meme frogs. You can find all our socials by visiting our website at RecklessAttack.com, and much more. If you like us, consider supporting us on Patreon. It's one of the best ways to help us grow and improve the show. Early ad-free episodes, level-up talkbacks, and oodles of other stuff await you there at a variety of tiers. Lastly, don't forget to tell a friend if you're enjoying the show, or let us know by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. That's all for me. Enjoy the rest of the episode. I have the dumbest idea for what those creatures are. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, you guys hit the road once more. Val pulls out a secret pouch of Cass's granola bars. <laughs> <laughs> Extra ones that he couldn't be trusted with. Nice. Yeah. These are actually the last ones, though. So, like, this is it. This is day one and a half. This is the end. <laughs> this is the last bit, though. I only take one from the bag and eat it. So I'll save the it's rest like, for later. Save me for myself, it's Val. Like, it's like Lembus bread, where one tiny bite can fill the belly of a grown man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the hobbits are like, how many did you eat? I had three. Yeah. <laughs> um, the day, again, pretty much goes without major incident. However, as we have done before on the Reckless Attack program, I turn it over to you, our players, what weird, dangerous, interesting, scary, horrifying, etc. thing do you see or do you encounter or maybe do you even face on your first full day? Um, so this is so stupid. Um, <laughs> I, like that, I like that everyone has been like, I have a stupid idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be like, no, it needs to be gritty and dark and spooky. And you're like, well, what if they're just big octopuses who just like to hug people? Damn it. I mean, mine could be pretty gritty if you want. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. So um, uh, we, 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 we stumble upon 12 vorpal swords. <laughs> nope. No, no. Okay. Just these, these six feet tall Orange fuzzy things, those are in the distance. They just happen to have weird googly eyes. <laughs> but they just don't move, yelling. they just stare at you. <laughs> Back to reality, folks. Here. <laughs> um, I appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> so, this particular day, the wind kind of started picking up, and it's actually pretty gusty. There's nothing to block the wind as it's kind of blowing across these plains. So, it picks up a, a decent amount of speed. And one of the things that kind of tumbles by in the wind is maybe a foot and a half or two foot long board, uh, wooden board. Hmm. And it's pretty thin to be you know, picked up by mm-hmm. the wind, but still. Uh, and as it tumbles by, it smacks against one of the low-lying bushes or, or small trees. Yeah, and there's, there's and, definitely trees kind of scattered. And, and stops and kind of gets caught in it. And there's, uh, you can see it's painted. As we're walking by, some kind of mouth appears on the wooden board itself, and it starts speaking, and it says, This object has been stolen from Salazar's Magical Emporium. If found, please return for a re- <laughs> reward or punishment if you are the one who stole it. And then it kind of waits a second or two, and then repeats. 
This object has been stolen from Salazar's magical. And then, Emporium. like the wind takes it again, and, and then, then just as it, and, it fades off. Yeah, into yeah, the and then and then and and then it kind of like fades off until you don't hear it anymore. But the wind kind of picks <laughs> it up. And... Awesome. That was weird. <laughs> Wait, Val the makes a note. The, yeah, go ahead. Val makes a note of look up Salazar's. What was it? Wonder Emporium. Magical Emporium. Magical Emporium, and find out what city it's in. The fortunate is like. Man, you're out here all the time, and you still see new stuff every day. <laughs> cool. And then just keeps going. <laughs> As we're walking, we see these, like, the grass is starting to get, like, a little bit lower and thinner, so we can start mm-hmm. seeing some things on the ground. And we, a couple of us have actually stepped on these fairly large seeds. And some might have like a little tree starting to grow up and they look almost like an orange slice, kind of like wedge shape. Mm -hmm. And and they're like the size of a fist kind of, they're fairly large. And, you know, it's just like, okay, it's plant life. We keep going, keep going. And then as we keep walking, we see like a couple of them together, like that haven't fully broken apart. And... As we keep walking, we see there's some that are fully together. And it almost looks like a little pumpkin. As we keep walking, we kind of see this giant tree that has these like mm. spikes. Almost like um palm tree, like the brown. Yeah, like yeah, as yeah. it's growing, it's kind of like that, but they're like sharp spikes. Oh, so it's like a full, up. like almost a rose bush like tree where like yeah but it's like spikes. layered like yeah, palm cool. fronds kind of and we clearly see that these small pumpkins are fallen from this tree yeah without warning we hear this explosion <laughs> and we can't we don't know where it's coming from like we all duck down and we hear something like go past us in the like after the explosion happened and Val will like look around and be like, what the hell <laughs> was that? I think I speak for everyone. Probably everyone is looking around thinking, what the mm-hmm. hell is that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Checkers, what did you do? <laughs> I didn't touch anything, I promise. You'll know when I did something. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess like we kind of keep walking. Yeah, the fortunate like guides you guys kind of a little or you know, a, a little to the to the side and slowly moving up. Mm-hmm. And as we get closer. Can I, can I roll a D4? Absolutely. To see who does something? Yeah. One, two, three, four. Great. Self is one, Val is four, and everyone else is in between. You know the, you know the ones. <laughs> Checkers. <laughs> <laughs> um, was, was there really ever? ever? <laughs> I mean, fate sometimes speaks yeah. very loudly. Mm-hmm. So, Checkers, mm-hmm. as we're walking, there is one mostly intact, like, pumpkin Ooh. seed. <laughs> in your line of sight i we we don't know that these are the ones that have been we have we have no idea what the okay. pumpkins okay do. i will definitely go up and try to probably poke at it with a stick first that's the mo <laughs> yep. as you poke it it explodes ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah, i'm dead <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> 200 points of pumpkin I don't know damage. Why, but, ah, I'm dead. Just <laughs> really cracked me up in ways that I can't can't fully explain. Um, but yeah, this like small pumpkin just explodes violently <laughs> with the same cracking sound yeah. we heard earlier, and those fist-sized wedges fly out of it <laughs> and we see that this tree has an explosive dispersal pattern oh. of the seeds that um so it spreads far and wide mm-hmm. and like as we kind of see this we see Valak like, looks around and sees like smaller spike trees like mm-hmm. kind of growing up and it's like Checkers are you okay? <laughs> oh. We've entered a minefield. <laughs> Checkers is gonna like brush himself off a <laughs> yeah. little bit like that that shocked him for sure but after kind of like just checking on him be like ah, I think I'm okay actually I would love to try and just save a pumpkin for later if I can and just kind of like take it with me um the pumpkins always explode <laughs> but you can, you can take a seed I'm imagining that you guys you get this happens uh-huh. to checkers ah <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> and no, and then no, fossil arm. Fossil and then yeah, you're all like looking around, you're a little spread out and like took cover and whatever, and then there's like a ten count, and then you hear another explosion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm dead. Exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. He like tries again for another one. <laughs> the first one didn't kill me, so I, the second one probably won't either, right? Yeah. Oh my god. And then I'm just imagining the fortunate just grabs you by like the scruff of the <laughs> yeah. neck, basically, and then just like carries you yeah. out of this copse of explosive trees. <laughs> they always explode, checkers. Val, like, looks at the two pumpkins that checkers exploded, and it's, like, making notes and, like, talking out loud of, like, wow, this is a very effective dispersal pattern for seeds, and, like, I wonder how this evolved, and she'll, like, um like be taking some notes and she will she will take a seat because this could be very interesting is anyone trained in nature that is an excellent question no also no uh, i am mm. Ooh. so you can do with this information as you want but it occurs to you that there's probably a potion smith who would be exceptionally interested now, whether you should give it to him <laughs> yeah. is a is a May- separate maybe, decision. Maybe when he opens his own shop, at least four blocks. Yeah, got it. Just a pumpkin patch in the backyard of the guild hall that oh, is just, just like signs all over. Oh my there. god! Imagine that part of the haunted house, though. <laughs> or like, no, no, what a good like defense mechanism yeah, yeah. exactly guild hall. You, you don't want people walking through your hall, your, your walls. walls no one yep. is coming within three like you said three blocks of the golden tree guild, guild i think house. this episode releases around halloween yeah so. <laughs> perfect mm-hmm. um so the only the only other oh, go ahead you can say something else i was just gonna say that valley is probably taking like samples of interesting um fauna fauna flora flora Fauna is, I think, animals. Yeah, fauna. Uh, you know, animals. if there's a dead animal, she's probably looking at it. <laughs> Let's be real. Well, you're looking at it. You're not taking samples. Checkers is eating it. it. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. Excellent fully work, and that that is why we are the premier fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, she's just taking samples. And yeah. notes. she might yeah, like, Sel- like press some leaves or something. Sel will pick up uh, at least a couple of seeds for Etris. And actually, just out of curiosity, uh-huh. 
did you model that after the uh there's yes. like the, the the exploding cucumber things or whatever it is oh no i saw um hank green's sci show short today explaining that this tree exists in the real world ah, okay <laughs> gotcha because I, I, there's one that like does similar things with like, it's almost like a cucumber like thing uh-huh. and it, it essentially fills with water and the water pressure gets so much that it shoots off of the yeah. the stem that it's on and that's how it like spreads the seeds around. <laughs> cool. Listeners, plants explode in the real world. Yeah. Wow. Google it. Google it. <laughs> if you were afraid to go outside before. <laughs> Be more afraid now. There's probably a voiceover with David Almost <laughs> um, talking about this. Y- yes. I'm pretty sure I've watched him explain exploding cucumbers. One of the things that I had as a maybe encounter was also exploding plants. <laughs> like not even of that was literally from a David Attenborough video. <laughs> I want to add one small thing. It's, yes. it's not really something that we saw, but rather something Checkers did and showed Val. <laughs> Great. Uh, yep. So as Checkers has been traveling, he has spent a lot of time just like scribbling and drawing on these sheets of paper. And like close to the end of the second day, maybe when we're starting to like actually get ready for bed for the evening, he would go over to Val and be like, Val, look, I did my homework. And it's like several sheets of paper. But instead of the normal drawings, it's both drawings and like sentences, like written sentences showing that he's practiced uh, all the stuff that Val has been teaching him. As you're reading through it, Val, you see that Checkers has drawn like some pictures of those bison or those like large woolly creatures that we saw. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, accompanying it is this like really fantastical story about how Checkers like got on like the largest, toughest one <laughs> and like re- you know stayed on it for eight hours <laughs> while, while like try to like yeah like try to like buck him off yeah. and like get rid of him and like finally he Tamed begrudgingly yeah, he earned the... yeah earned its respect and like <laughs> the bison like rode around and had its whole herd following it so like it's this picture of the one bison and then like a- Checkers riding it and then like a whole herd of bison behind it cool. and then like the second sheet is like a picture like a drawing of the fruit that you uh-huh. described but checkers accompanying story is like how he was just dodging and weaving these falling <laughs> fruit from the sky as he was trying to avoid getting exploded to pieces and just like narrowly traversing the horrible exploding forest god when we started this game i was i i was not ready for checkers the zine artist right and now i'm very very here for it mm-hmm. uh-huh. So Val like takes this and she like chokes up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm feeling yeah. a little. <laughs> Val is just like checkers. This is really good. I'm so happy you've done your homework. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this is really good. Um, have you ever thought about being a writer? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. Like you can. What do you mean? Your doing story. that now? Yeah, right. I, I, I wrote right now. <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, if you want to do more, you could make a whole book of them. We Look, can... I, I wrote, but I didn't think about it. Fucking immovable force <laughs> and whatever. Mm-hmm. Unstoppable, mm-hmm. whatever. Can I keep these? Uh, yeah, sure. Thank you. And Val, like, delicately, like, make sure they don't get bent. Put it in your waterproof yeah. pocket yeah. in your, in yeah. your thing. Like, I'm going to make some more. I'll show you later. That'll be great, checkers. I look forward to it. <laughs> I'm just wa- I'm just imagining the fortunate just watching. <laughs> the only other notable thing that happens during day one, your first full day, sort of day yeah. two, just a couple times over the course of the day, 
Still, from a far distance away, you continue to hear yowling. Again, inhuman, throaty sounds. Doesn't seem to be any closer, but again, it's so open that it's almost hard to say where exactly it's coming from or how far away it is without better views. Sel will, uh, at some point after kind of hearing this uh, a few times, will turn to the fortunate and just ask, what is making those um, yowling noises? The fortunate very coolly turns to you. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> Can Val roll a nature? Sure. Check. Hey, that is the one. 19 on the die. So that is a 24. I feel like I don't actually, like Sophie doesn't want to know the answer. <laughs> I, just, I just had this image in my head of Nathan just going, uh, you, with 24, um, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no it's really... Are you sure you want to know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. You start thinking of what it is, and you can you have time to stop yourself before imagining it. So, this creature is clearly... You've been listening, and you've been hearing kind of the call and responses. And I don't know if you do know what it is. Okay. But what you do know is it is clearly some sort of pack creature... And these are the sounds of a hunting animal. Hmm. And that these cries from some distance apart are almost triangulating whatever they're tracking. Does it sound like they are getting closer to us? Give me a perception check. I would say you guys would all know baseline. Like they're not suddenly like, oh God, noticeably closer. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, even if they have moved quote unquote closer, it doesn't mean that they're like, noticeably, immediately closer, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, perception check. Would you like to as well, David? I would also like to. Yep. 15 on the die, which gives me a 21. I rolled a 12. I think the both of you would know that it is closer. Mm. But it is also not closer in ways that are like... Prepare for battle! Right. They're not, they're not necessarily bearing down on you. And they might not even be the same creatures. Okay. Like, they're the same individuals, if that makes sense. Um, This could just be territory where there are these sorts of creatures around Mm -hmm. making the same sound. But whatever is doing these sounds, at least towards the end of the day, they are a little closer. So once again, you guys sit down for your second night. I'm imagining kind of a similar routine. Um maybe with some with some changes or addendums or whatever, there is still a great amount of discomfort. Again, not just because you're standing next to a horrible undead centurion whose whole deal is to be kind of off-putting. I do have one question about yes. that that effect that the, the fortunate has, that or that they, they radiate. Um, does that keep insects away? Um, I would, that's a great question. I would say, I would say generally, yes, but boy, you don't want to fuck with the ones that, that do still come up. <laughs> okay. The eight foot mosquito. Correct. Yeah. Well, and, and you also have to kind of, kind of imagine that the bones go out, they don't go out in solo patrols, even before kind of all the worries that are currently plaguing them. It was still groups of bones, you know, at least three or four. And 
you guys would have noticed the the more that are kind of together, it builds and builds. Having one member of the bones, still great, keeps a lot of stuff kind of off of you. But having many members of the bones, you'd imagine is like, that's the real kind of like big, big barrier that keeps more stuff out. Um, so I would say something like, again, a mosquito, a fly, uh, which is a great, again, cool question. Inspiration for the question. Ooh, thank you. But it is, it, again, it is uncomfortable for you, but you would know that it would be much more intense. As we are winding down for the night, Val will uh, go over a few quick lessons with Cass on like the map making 101. Cool. Ma- map making 101. <laughs> yeah. And since it is night and dark, Val casts light mm-hmm. on her eye mask. <laughs> <laughs> It makes a book like <laughs> God, I'm just imagining like that was the first cantrip that she probably learned. Yeah. And then just 12 year old Val, just like her mom having to cast dispel magic <laughs> over her, over her, under her bed sheets, basically. Yeah. But as she goes into her bedroll and lays down for the night, she casts sending twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one to Berga. Just gave her a quick update. Mm-hmm. We're all still alive. How you doing? You get 25 words <laughs> yeah. of enthusiastic, yeah. mm-hmm. thank goodness, I've been worried, I'm excited to hear more, be safe, be sure the checkers doesn't touch anything weird, <laughs> etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val has to wait till tomorrow to right. say oh, yeah. he definitely did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she gets kind of- uh, Two days too late. <laughs> yeah, she gets the, 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 you know, the limitations yeah. of the medium. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one, the other sending, she talks to her mom. Mm-hmm. In 25 words, Val would, she doesn't even like bother with hi. No. That's a waste of a word uh, to absolute, her mom. Absolutely. Basically, it's 23 words of the crazy cool facts she yes. learned that day. And like, Val hasn't been able to cast sending for that long, but she and her mom have quickly developed like a shorthand. I was thinking the exact same thing. Like it's where if anyone's listening, it's gibberish. Yeah. (laughs) Because Val is basically saying like words. I don't think this is actually it, but I'm imagining, you know, when you're on like a, a character limit. You just omit vowels. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> That's like texting. Of... Like it's two thousand and five. Yeah, and we have limited texting plans. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so she's just really saving space. So like instead of like asking or saying like, "Oh, I saw this crazy thing," it'd be like, "I can't do it on the fly." Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so she can like combine two words into one word, so she really gets like more. But then it's really like that. Uh, what the stenographer? Yes, yes. Like, yeah, uh, like that. Word, but yeah. Uh, Al is it's, like generating the, the cipher. In her yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Love that. There was a. Uh, I wish I could remember what the commercial was for, but there was a commercial where a guy's calling. Bob collect. had a baby. It's a boy. Yeah, we had a baby. It's a boy. <laughs> yep. and what? It's like, he's like, no, you're, you're receiving. We, it's like a, we, you're receiving a, a collect, call. A collect, collect call, call from this person. Uh, from. Hey, Bob, it's, or, hey, it's, it's Bob, it's, it's had a baby, Bob, it's a boy. Yeah, Bob, 
we had a baby, eats a boy. Yeah. And then and the guy's like, he's like, do you accept the charges? The guy's like, no, hangs up it's the like, phone. And the wife goes, who was it? He's like, it was Bob. It was Bob, our son. They had a baby. Had a baby, it was a boy. It's a boy. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Similar vibe. Exactly like that. <laughs> I don't know why I was able to immediately yeah, fucking exactly pull up that commercial. Yeah. Because it's, Damn it. it is, that is exactly that is, yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> it's the equivalent. So Val speaks in Baba da Baby is a yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to her mom. Yeah. Uh, but it's all just very factual of like, it is a confirmation of life mixed with cool yeah. observations. Yes. And then always signs up with, signs off with love you, not abbreviated. That's it. <laughs> you guys, you guys start again. You guys all settle in um, doing your, your various things. And you see that the fortunate is kind of restless. Actually, That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, you see whoever sees, sees them actually pull out a deck of cards and starts kind of like shuffling it. Hmm. And is like, all right, will anyone play cards with me? Val immediately, her hand shoots in the air. Catherine will also play cards. I was also going to say like, the deck glows with an ancient arcane <laughs> power. And I'm like, yes. all right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Self would, but if the fortunate and Val and Cass are going to play cards, probably should keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> Checkers doesn't really know how to play cards. So, Self, if you want to play cards, uh, Checkers is more than up to keep watch. And if you trust Checkers yeah. to yeah. not <laughs> be watching. Jonathan is saying it with a shit-eating grin. He had the biggest shit-eating grin. It's like, so you like, can, I don't even trust I can, Jonathan. No. I, I, I will definitely keep watch solo. Don't you worry about that. I'm not interested in learning how to gamble at all. <laughs> well, Checkers. that seems uh, perfectly legitimate and good enough for me. Yep. Uh, deal me in. Why how far away are we from those trees again? Yeah. Why does no one believe me when I say things? I don't get it. <laughs> me, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, the fortunate's like, all right, game is uh, five dragon ante. I haven't come up with a better in-universe game other than the default D and D card game. And they explain the rules to you guys. Is it a three dragon ante? I thought it was five dragon. Well, ante. We're, we're doing five dragon. This five is five dragon. dragon. Yeah. We're anting five dragons. If it now. is, if it is three dragon ante, then ours is just two dragons better. Great. They start to explain the game and start to deal you guys in. It's like oh, this is going to be a practice round. Practice round. Um, is anyone interested in you know like making this a little more interesting? And just kind of talking and like kind of getting into it. Mm-hmm. The Fortune is a very, you know, kind of loosey goosey member of the Bones, as much as an undead centurion <laughs> can be loosey goosey at anything, but is now kind of really like letting loose, letting loose in a weird way. They're the laying into that chaotic neutral. Yeah, I guess so. As this is all being kind of explained and, and talked through, Cass yeah. and Selv and Val. Are all have have your eyes on the fortunate, and maybe Checkers does too. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> who's to say. And as they're dealing out stuff, very nonchalant, unperturbed. Anyone who's looking at the fortunate see something appear behind them. A strange, amorphous spectral image. That appears to be five or six feet tall, but no discernible characteristics. It's almost just a like wisps of etherealness. And then it becomes a little silvery and a little bit more noticeable for anyone looking that direction. And as you all look up as this presence 
materializes behind the fortunate. And the fortunate stops dealing and kind of looks up at you guys and says, What? And that's where we're going to end this week's episode, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for playing. We will see you uh, next week. I don't like... Bye! 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 confident that they have solved a pseudo riddle of the location of Lorna Moon is it Moonglove? Uh, Lorana. 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 Why do I keep fucking We up? we keep saying Lorna. I know. Again, it's because it was in my notes for four million years is that. Um actually I, I, I now I picture what happening is we we get there and we're like Lorana, it's nice to meet you and she's like Lorna. Yeah. <laughs> Lorna keeps saying Lorana. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Shitty boyfriend. That's how he got around the... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Our Star Wars... Adven- our Star Wars... Our Star Wars Adventurers. Our Star Wars Adventurers. Uh, bonus content. Our stalwart adventurers believe they have a pretty good idea of where they are going to go meet Lorana Moonglove, 